The following is a production of Natural Bliss Podcast for a better quality of life. Hello and welcome to It's Your Life. I'm your host, Joyce Wheeler. Today is Tuesday, April 16th, 2019. Today I am here with Mallory Dina. She is a stand-up comedian, writer, and podcaster based out of Atlanta, Georgia. She is the creator of blogs of a Tex-Mex mess and podcasts of a Tex-Mex mess, where she seeks to find the humor and trauma and offers tools for managing stress and anxiety. Mallory has spent the last decade studying and experimenting with various forms of natural healing methods, from herbalism, yoga, EMDR therapy, CBD, acupuncture, nutrition, and more. She has married this knowledge with her love of comedy to help others find practical tools for stress management, while also finding levity through laughter along with their healing pain. Hello, Mallory. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Absolutely. It's a it's a long one, of course, if, if we're talking about the journey of self-care and healing. But basically, always struggled with anxiety and depression, just from early childhood into adulthood. And started my journey with healing that really at the age of 18 or 19, when I started going to therapy for the first time. And at the same time, I was also drawn to studying natural health. I've always, for some reason as a kid, just didn't even want to take aspirin when my mom wanted me to have it. So just kind of naturally was led to studying things like herbalism. So I did spend um, my early 20s studying herbalism, natural health, and just over, you know, I'm 30 now, so just over that time also speak all the things that you listed before about acupuncture and yoga and just kind of had this long journey where I was just learning to find all these different ways to cope with my health and my mental health in a natural way. And basically, where I'm at now with creating blogs of a Tex-Mex mess and podcasts of a Tex-Mex mess is I wish that I had had a shortcut or a a math when I was going through all that. It felt like I kind of had to pave my own path with understanding how to take care of myself naturally. And I'm kind of seeking how to give people a shortcut for that. Right. And that's what we do here. Oh, no, it's your life. Mm -hmm. You also struggled with PTSD. Yes. And that was, I talk a lot about PTSD in the blog and podcast because it's still not understood how common it is for people. Like Mm -hmm. I said, I could understand when I was younger that I had depression because you can't really miss that. And then even then I thought I wasn't anxious and slowly (laughs) it wasn't until my mid-20s that I understood that the symptoms that I had actually were PTSD that came from trauma experiences. And how old were you at that time? I realized I had it about 20... 25, 26. So that that was at a point in time where PTSD was basically just associated with anybody in military. Am I correct? Yeah. And that's, that's always how I say it. It's really crazy that even though we have more and more information about it, it is just really 
planted in people's minds as something that only occurs for vets and children get PTSD. There's just the statistics for PTSD is it's almost more than veterans have it statistically. And a lot of that comes from abusive relationships, abusive childhood, sexual assaults, and there's lots of ways that it can come. Even people who come out of cults can have PTSD. There's just such an array of where it comes from. So I do my part to try to educate that and make people understand that it's actually very common. So did you self-diagnose yourself? I did before. I've been doing therapy since I was 18, like I said, and it's kind of interesting to me that I wasn't diagnosed by that therapist at that time, but she was also a therapist that didn't want to diagnose anything. And mm. I didn't, um, I came to that conclusion by my close friend being diagnosed with it, and we would talk a lot about it, and I realized I was like, I have the exact same symptoms that you have, and then sought out other therapist to deal with PTSD directly. Now, do you think that the PTSD and the anxiety and depression were all related? Yes, I think it took understanding what the PTSD looks like exactly. I guess that it is kind of hard because this is just my life, so it all does kind of wrap up into each other. But I also think that a lot of anxiety that people have can, like, I, I do think that some of the anxiety that I have can still be kind of separate from that PTSD, if it makes sense, because everybody has some level of anxiety because of certain lifestyles or things like that. So there's a little bit of a difference, but as far as, like, long-term habits and, you know, mental patterns that I was in, definitely was tied into the PTSD aspect. So let's talk about your path as far as herbalism goes. Did you find any relief while you were looking at herbs? Um, yes, I think that was a still have a relationship with herbs. I think it was more experimental because I was starting out at 18. So I didn't quite understand the best things that would work for it. But I did go to school for herbalism and found great education around using herbs and um, combining that with nutrition and things like that. So yes, is the short answer. When I did incorporate those things, I I did immediately find relief. And uh, that also comes with dedicating yourself to a different lifestyle and a different relationship with your body where you're more in tune and realize, you know, certain things are bad and certain things are good. But, you know, even though I was taking herbs and doing natural health, like I was still a smoker when I was younger. Like I still have things that was hard to break, but it was still doing me good to try to turn that around and have a healthier life. So you feel that the negative habits that you had were hindering you from having a better quality of life? Yes. But like I said, doing learning about like herbs and natural health at the same time, those things made it easier to let go of the worst habits because now you have a different gauge for what it feels like to be healthy in your body and like what feels nutritious versus depleting. Do you want to talk about some of the herbs that you used and what your experience was with each one and what each one was for? Um, yeah, it's a little difficult to remember all of them at the time because I do take a little bit less than I used to, but what's always been the most important to me is adaptogen herbs because I was lucky enough to be educated about 
how much that helps um, with kind of being better acclimated to stress. Tulsi has always been a favorite one of mine, and that's one that I still incorporate. And I'm sorry, what was it? Tulsi. Tulsi, okay. Mm-hmm. Even though I, what, it's not always about um, just herbs for anxiety as well, because it's always been a big focus of mine to care for myself, like as a woman, and have like female herbs that kind of help my health in that sense too. So mm-hmm. I'm always taking things like chase tree berry, and I've just kind of created an eclectic thing, which over time I've used for myself, including essential oils and homeopathy and things like that. And then also vitamins have always been huge to me. Um, As far as the depression side, vitamin D has been one of the biggest things. I take a large dose of that every day. And I also personally have blood sugar issues. So really creating a good diet that includes protein to balance that out, as well as taking chromium supplements has also helped my anxiety. So it it took a long time to understand, oh, some of this feeling is blood sugar issues, and some of this is my adrenal glands, and some of this is just overall health. So I try to create a um, a personalized, eclectic diet and regimen for that. And that's the thing, too, is that we have to listen to our bodies. We're all different what worked for you and what works today for you might not work for somebody else. Right. So you mentioned the word apathogen. Can you explain to the listening audience what an apathogen is, please? An adaptogen is basically, an herb. I think, I'm not, each herb is different, but a, mm-hmm. an adaptogen, I could be wrong, but I, I think it's something that does help like your adrenal system where you don't quite react to stress in the same way. So it's, just kind of gives you a different level that you're working on. So you're not going to like, you know, spike in your blood pressure and adrenals and cortisol as quickly as you would without it. And that's real important too, because our society these days is under more stress than ever before. Mm -hmm. And we both know chronic stress is not good for the body at all. It could create so many health issues. Exactly. So I would think that people who are struggling with PTSD, anxiety, depression, anything like that must also have a stress issue that must be very stressful for them to be going through that. Am I correct? Exactly. And uh, the problem with PTSD is that like, it makes sense to us if we're driving in a car and all of a sudden our stress levels are intense. But when you have something like PTSD, you could just be sitting there and you think of something and you could have a panic attack. So those high levels of you know, cortisol and stress being released into your body can happen at any moment if you if you aren't taking care of your nervous system and your mental health. So how did yoga help you? Or did it? It did. I don't do it as often now. I actually turn more to running and I've just kind of varied with what works for me at different times. But yoga was very good for me as a form of meditation and a form of being grounded in my body. And that's really been the biggest thing with struggling with PTSD or anxiety is you get very um, disassociated from your body and you're living in your head. And I was never an athletic person. I was the kid that always hated gym. I've been very out of body most of my life. So it was a way to force me to have a relationship and discussion with my body. And the fact that it's longer too, like really forces you to sink into that. So that's how it was helpful for me. But also from my knowledge of yoga, any form of exercise,
exercise, we're creating neurotransmitters and hormones that our body and our mind need for good health. So I would think that that would also help in the capacity of the PTSD, anxiety, depression, and those sorts of mental health issues that so many people in our society deal with today. Oh, absolutely. Would you agree? Absolutely, because um, yoga specifically is a very mind and body thing and really uh, illustrates the relationship between the two. Like I said, I stick more to running now, which will still help my health, which helps my mind. But yoga, having a meditative part to it, definitely helps both of those things. So let's talk about EMDR. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I'm not even sure what that is. Can you explain that to us, please? Yes. Let me make sure I'm saying what it stands for right. It's Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Hmm, so never heard of it. It's amazing. It's life-changing. I think all of the health things that I've shared so far have been very helpful, but nothing can quite break through the mind with trauma symptoms the way that EMDR can. It's like I was taking all of these things that were helping my body and mind, um, but with having PTSD and trauma symptoms, it's very stuck in your mind in a way that can't quite be leveled out without EMDR. And I'll explain what it is. It's, it's very simple for what it does. It's just um, holding this, like these two vibrating pods in your hand, like one in each hand, and you're, they alternate. So you'll feel it in the right hand and then the left hand, and there's different levels to it. So it's very non-invasive, very, it's not like it's uncomfortable to do it, but that's happening while you're in therapy and kind of going through going through your stories or going through memories. And um, basically what it does and how I've had it explained to me is that when you have PTSD or trauma symptoms, your mind is stuck in the fight or flight mode, fight, flight or freeze. And uh, I believe that's in the amygdala. I can't always officially say each, each term correctly, but your brain is stuck in that very primal protective state. And by using EMDR, you're kind of, it's almost like you're going back to bring those memories and experiences to the rest of your mind where it's evening out through the left and right sides of the brain instead of staying there in that primal space, which is what PTSD is, is that even though you can be out of the situation, you feel like you're healed from it, your brain will just keep processing it there and you're just kind of helping it to process it more normally. That must be terrible to, you know, feel that you're over something, but yet you're still having a negative reaction mm-hmm. to a particular event. Yeah, wow. that's a, that's the worst part about it, because it can, especially if you are putting, because I was putting a lot of work into like therapy and health and just like, how can none of this quite work the way that I wanted to? And uh, for me, this this was life-changing to do this. It was very non-invasive. You know, it was still a process because you're digging into your mind and memories. So you've got to allow for some rest period for that. But yeah, after that, I was just not having panic, panic attacks the way that I was before was able to do things that I never thought that I could do. My anxiety was just so much lower than it ever had been before. So if if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like what, what EMDR is doing is bringing those memories that you we think are gone and we're not dealing with, bringing them more to the forefront so we can revisit them and deal with them in a more positive way. Am I correct? 
Yeah, yeah. You're basically just bringing, yeah, bringing them to the forefront and reprocessing them. And it doesn't necessarily have to be. It's a, it's a little hard to explain, but it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like dredging up every single bad memory and like rehashing it. It's just for the big things and the big roots for where that anxiety and trauma comes from. It is, it is like coming to the surface in a way that you can just kind of witness it and and kind of just let it go and your, your brain's better able to, to do that for you. So let's talk about CBD oil. CBD oil's a a big thing right now. And I'd be interested to know what year you were using the CBD oil, how you were using it, and what it did for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of CBD for sure, and it is newer. And it's interesting because I, I've i never had a good relationship with smoking weed. I know that some people use that for their anxiety. It relaxes them. It's always done the opposite for me. I've always had like freakouts smoking weed and panic attacks, and it just did not work with me. So I was actually very afraid to try CBD at first, even though they, you know, even though it doesn't have psychoactive properties, I still was nervous about it. But I just knew somebody who worked at a place that grew and extracted hemp, and just one more research that I got on it, I was definitely interested to try it. So it's taken some education around that as well. There is, because it's new, people are trying to hop on it and make money off of it. So I did start buying extracts that weren't as potent as they should be. And you can waste your money, unfortunately. And finally, I've found the the right way to take it. What's most important is just researching the brand that you're taking and the fact that it's full spectrum CBD. Basically, you can get cheaper or fall CBD that's really almost the same as like hemp olive oil, basically. But if you have full spectrum, it's a little bit more artisanal. It's extracted in a way where you're getting the most, I think I'm saying it right, cannabinoids out of it, which there are many. CBD is just one of them, even though that's what we want the most of. You want like a, a full spectrum of cannabinoids that give you the effects that CBD does. So I take, can't remember the exact dosage that I take. I think it's 450 milligrams twice a day. I do the hemp extract that's digestible. I just take that kind of like you would a tincture twice a day. Yeah, you can definitely tell the difference between CBD that is potent and full spectrum and works and versus the other stuff. So just since I've been taking that, my anxiety has also mellowed out even more. And you can also vape CBD, which I like kind of as an immediate sense of relief. I tell people it's kind of like breathing out of a paper bag when you're anxious. So it's something that you could have on you if you feel over-anxious about a situation. It'll help relax you. But it's it's great. I'm glad that CBD is well-known about now and that we, we have a lot of good resources for getting the right extract. So when did you start taking it? About a year ago. And like I said, I unfortunately started with like something that wasn't very good because I just saw it at a health food store and wasn't sure about the brand. And they weren't very transparent about their process, even on the website. And then eventually I realized I just needed to get it from better buyers. But I've been doing that for about nine months or so. Out of everything you've talked about so far, do you think that has given you the best relief or the most relief? 
I would say so, yes. I think the rest of the stuff is definitely important and create, creates a good maintenance and, and overall health. But as far for me with anxiety specifically, CBD is the most potent thing that I can take to directly bring down my anxiety levels. Let's talk about acupuncture. Mm-hmm. So when when did you try, about how old were you, about what year did you try the acupuncture and how did that work for you? Um, acupuncture was pretty much the same time I realized I had PTSD, so about 25, 26. I was living in Asheville, North Carolina at the time, which is a huge place for healing and natural health and was lucky to find a, they have a community acupuncture center where it was extremely affordable to get acupuncture care. So I felt very fortunate to do that. Um, I actually did go to it because my friend that I mentioned with PTSD also was getting acupuncture and that one was also life-changing. I think that was before I did EMDR, but I guess I would say they're almost on the same, not quite the same level for me because they work in different ways, but as far as my entire health and mental health taking a huge shift, acupuncture was a huge one for me. Everyone works differently. Yoga still helped me, but nothing quite works the way that acupuncture did because it is very direct using those points on your body with what's going on a week. And it was also just a forced meditation for me is how I viewed it. For an hour a week, I was resting, taking care of my health. And definitely it's like a body health thing, body and mind health relationship. But as much as acupuncture was helping my body be better, my my anxiety just was very cleared after that as well. Do you continue to do acupuncture or... Is that no longer part of your protocol? I would love to. I have not been able to find affordable acupuncture. It is something when I get to a better place, I would like to bring that back. Because it was like when I was in Asheville going to the community place, you could pay like $5 a session, get like very low, 5 or $10. Whereas even now, the sliding scale for any places I've found in Atlanta where I'm at is still $50 a session. So it's something I really miss and would like to bring back. But unfortunately, that is something where there is a cost thing to weigh out. We'll be right back with Joyce Wheeler and It's Your Life. Bring out your heavenly body with Heavenly Body skincare products. Heavenly Body's products are created to feed and nourish the skin. They formulate their products in small batches for both quality and freshness. Heavenly Body's products are cruelty-free, contain certified organic ingredients, and are cost-effective. To bring out the heavenly body in you, visit their website at hborganicskincare.com. We're back with Joyce Wheeler, and it's your life. nutrition let's talk about nutrition because i think nutrition is really important not not just for dealing with ptsd anxiety or depression but for our overall health so let's talk about that and what kind of changes did you make as far as your nutrition goes yeah i was actually vegetarian for a long time 
So when I was studying herbs and all that when I was younger, I had been vegetarian, but I did have to make a shift to eating meat. Like I said, I do have blood sugar issues that I was getting pretty sick, not getting the protein that I was getting from meat. And I know that there are, of course, ways to get higher protein as a vegetarian. Um, And I was trying those things. That was just a decision that I had to make that made a huge difference. And cutting out carbs, which is still pretty hard, but I basically do my best to stick to lean protein and lots of leafy greens. So it's uh, I'm still somebody who will prize every now and again, but to dedicate myself to to what I'm eating and um, not including a lot of excess starches or carbs and having high amounts of protein and greens has been the biggest thing for me. And if I do veer from that, then I immediately feel a difference. So I always have to come back to dedicating myself to nutrition in that way. So are you eating organic and grass-fed meats? Yes. I've definitely always been a stickler about organic stuff and grass-fed beef. And I've, I've worked directly with farms before. I've sold beef for farms and worked on farms. So I've just learned so much along the way about grass-fed beef and free-range meat and all of that. I definitely always prefer to go to farmers markets and support local farmers and have a relationship with food in that way, um, or I stick to brands that I can trust. But absolutely, that's always been very important to me. I like struggle with my boyfriend still sometimes where he'll bring home greens that are not organic. I'm like, I just, I can't bring myself to do it. Like I've, I'm sure it's fine, but I I can't. There's just such a difference in, in how your body intakes those. Well, and part of the thing too is when we're eating, eating something that's not organic, and especially with, with the vegetables, we're more susceptible to herbicides and pesticides that are being used on them that are grown into them that we cannot wash away and glyphosate being a big one as a hormone disruptor and also a carcinogen. Exactly. So that's a big issue there too. So I don't blame you for shunning it. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) It's like back, back. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have the flavor. It seems like the organic food is much more flavorful. Mm -hmm, For sure. What are some of the other things, because you said you, you tried more, what are some of the other things you tried? Better yet, what are something that well, we didn't talk about that you feel really was beneficial to aiding with your issue? I'd say um, most of what we talked about is, is the larger stuff. And then the rest are just varying things that I like to, to include with the blog. And it, it's just kind of all over the place. Like, I talk about how animals can help with our mental health and just overall fitness. We talked about yoga, but like I said, running has been huge for me. And I think fitness is the number one thing that most people are ready to say, like, I don't have time for that. Or, But to me, right. it's, you just can't, or you don't have an option but to be take care of your physical health in that way. Well, I know for me, before my, before I had my first child, before that, I was exercising two hours a day, like five days a week. Mm-hmm. And after she was born, it was just like, okay, now what am I going to do? Because I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person that I pick up habits real easy, and that was a habit. So it was like, okay, I exercise for two hours. I do it at this time. This is what I do. And I, I'm, then I'm like, oh, snap. Now what am I going to do? I had to develop the mindset that something was better than nothing at all. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's what people have to do too. And even now, I have my business, we do the podcast. I'm really busy, but I will make a little bit of time to do something because something's better than nothing. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I I understand, like, um, you know, sometimes schedules can be very busy, or if you do have kids at home, you do have less time. Um, But there's always something, because even to walk outside is very good for your mind, or Mm -hmm. whenever I've been busier, I watch yoga videos at home, and that was very helpful. So there's definitely things that you can find at home or that are free that are easy for you to fit in during the day. Right. And the thing is, though, too, is one thing I tell people when they're looking to exercise is you have to do something that you enjoy, because if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. So for my daughter, for instance, she took up hooping. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, so she actually has a weighted hoop. She has a custom hula hoop and then a weighted hoop. And that's how she was able to trim down it, something she enjoyed doing. You have to like it. Whatever you decide to do, you have to enjoy it or you're not going to do it. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And I think it does come down to just being creative because sure, the gym isn't for everybody, but you could do something like hula hooping or so many different things. You just have to get creative. Well, and the thing is, too, is kids can be incorporated. I know when we were in between moving from Tennessee to Louisiana and we were waiting for the house to close, I wasn't able to work out the way I used to. But I had two young boys. We would go outside, we'd toss around the football, we'd toss around the Frisbee. So it gets you moving, it gets you outside, and it gets the kids moving the the kids outside, and that's fun. Exactly. So there's just so many things, like you said, you know, it's a matter of being creative, you know, and and, and getting out of the mindset that working out means you have to go to a gym. Working out doesn't mean you you can dance and dancing is so good for anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. You know, just put on some happy music and dance and get the kids dancing and (laughs) relieve some of that stress. Yeah. How fun is that? Exactly. And the thing is, too, when mom's stressed, the kids are stressed. Mm-hmm. It's a hard thing too. Then you're you're passing down, you know, these these habits to your children of how to deal with stress in a negative way versus a positive way. Right, exactly. And uh, yeah, I like what you're saying. Where especially if you do have kids, you can be you know outside and doing stuff with them because they need that for their health. And you know, kids can definitely be tied inside or tied to television more than ever. So to do that mm-hmm. as a family and kind of cultivate that from the beginning is a very good habit to create. Right, and not only that, but you're getting outside and we're getting that vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the importance of vitamin D. Yeah. Um, when I took herbalism class, that was like all my teacher wanted to talk about almost, not entirely. He did share a lot about all the different kinds of herbs, but basically the the studies for taking vitamin D for your overall health and mental health is just skyrockets. And we're still, I think it's like the standard is taking 40 IUD and like I take 2,000 to 5,000 IUDs, or I, no, I'm sorry, I'm not saying it right, uh, I use, I use a day. So there's tons of scientific, scientific research around vitamin D and what it does for health and lowering cancer. And I just know, especially during the 
the winter, I definitely get sad seasonal affective disorder. And it's just the number one thing that, that I have to have to take as a supplement because even uh, even if you are trying to be outside during certain times of the year, you're still not going to quite get it naturally. But of course, um, it is very good to get natural vitamin D as well. Right. And the sunlight is our main source for the vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And as you said earlier, you know, kids these days, I mean, even adults, I know I am during the week, I'm in the house all the time. That's where my work is, you know. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I do sell at a local farmer's market. So on Saturdays, I get to be outside, I get to be in the sun. But sometimes my husband and I are just like, you know, let's go to the lake, let's go to the beach, you know, and just get out and get some of that sun and, you know, get some of the negative ions from the earth. So that's that that's good too. But yeah, our society is just in that in the house way too, too, too much. And then we're on our laptops, on our cell phones, on our games, game systems, and then we're being bombarded by the electromagnetic field, mm-hmm. which is not good for our health. So it's just like, right. yeah, let's unplug. Let's, let's go ahead and unplug and just go outside and, and have some fun. Right. Yeah. And unplugging in general, for sure. That that's affecting our our brains so much. The blue mm-hmm. the blue lights, and I some people have to work in front of a computer a lot, and I do. Uh, so just got it too. Yeah, if you can't always unplug. I got the glasses that block out blue lights, and it is very important to be conscious of all of the the blue lights and stuff before going to sleep. That affects people's sleep so much too. So it really takes a lot of vigilance with all of these convenience conveniences that we have. It's very easy to like stare at your phone or something at night right before you go to bed and it's just really important to discipline Not yourself. Well, and the thing is, too, is that you're hindering the melatonin. We need the melatonin to sleep. Melatonin is activated by the dark and deactivated by the light. So like you're saying, if you're sitting there with your cell phone, or even when you wake up in the middle of the night and you go and you hit that cell phone, you know, that that light is going to go ahead and affect the the melatonin. Mm -hmm. The other thing, too, is the electromagnetic field. Again, we're being bombarded by. If people are going to, it causes a lot of problems. It can cause insomnia might even contribute to anxiety and depression. You know, if you're not getting enough sleep and you have insomnia, that could, you know, be a stressful situation. If you need to use your cell phone like we do for an alarm, what we do is we put our cell phone on airplane mode. Mm -hmm. Because for a while, I was like, on Fridays, I, I never slept well. And that was the only time I had my cell phone next to me at night because I used it as an alarm. And then when I got this information, I went, oh, okay, let's put on airplane mode. And now I sleep a whole lot better. Any electric device should be at least 10 feet from your bed. Yeah, that is that is a huge thing. We've, we've made it a rule in our home to, to leave it in the, the bathroom. So if it, if it does ring, we can hear it. And then just having a regular alarm clock. But, but yeah, I agree. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be used near your bed while you're sleeping and just making a habit of putting it somewhere else too if if you can do that makes you less likely to grab it if you are very used to kind of playing on your phone before bed. Yeah, that's not a good idea. So is there anything else that you want to tell the listening audience as far as dealing with PTSD, anxiety, depression? 
I have a lot to say about it. I could definitely talk about it forever. I will mention the, so I started doing the blog for all of this to kind of do my best to do the shortcut that I was saying, just relaying information about all these natural methods and just trying to share with how it worked for me. And then from there, I created the podcast, Podcast of the Tex-Mex Mess. And that's actually where I'm interviewing other people about their journey about something traumatic. Right, right now, it's actually uh, mostly just comedians that I'm interviewing because I have a fascination with how people find humor in in their trauma as a way to kind of not make light of it. The point is deal with it. Yeah, it does. The point isn't that it's funny when it's happening. It's right. just the the fascination of you know trauma is trauma. It's very hard. It affects all of us in so many different ways. And then how you come through the other side of that and kind of share that with others. So because I am a comedian and no comedian, it's fascinating to me that um, a lot of what comedians can talk about on stage is some actually very hard stuff, but somehow they make it funny. So I interview these people just trying to understand how they go through that process of turning around their trauma um, and kind of coming out the other side of their stories and how they try to help other people. Um, And it's been, I'm only um, eight episodes in and it's just each time is mind-blowing and I'm so glad that not only am I sharing my experience about how I came through the other side but to hear these other stories just is very I don't know just very touching to hear how each different person can deal with something so differently but you have to find out what works for you and I think that the biggest thing with anxiety and depression and PTSD and any mental illness is finding the people and the stories that make you not feel alone because when you feel like there's a stigma around it or something's wrong with you, it's easy to shut down and isolate and kind of accept that for being the way that it is. And that's just not true. So that's my little effort is to try to share my own story and share other people's stories so that others don't feel alone in the struggle that they're going through and that they find some tangible tips along the way for how they can cope. Well, you know, and the thing about laughter is laughter is so good for us. You know, again, we're creating those neurotransmitters and hormones that we need for good, good overall health and brain health. So laughter is fun. Mm-hmm. I'm interested where you came up with the, with the name for your blog and podcast, Tex Max <laughs> Mess. That's a tongue twister. It is, and it's meant to be. <laughs> ah. Meant um, but, but, to be some fun, huh? Right. It's, uh, it's just immediately kind of showing that even though I'm talking about some hard stuff, that I'm trying to have fun with it. <laughs> So, well, it's definitely a fun name, that's for sure. Tex-Mex Mess. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and to clarify... Let's say that 10 times real fast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is fun to hear other people trip on it sometimes. <laughs> but um, yeah, to, just quickly what that is from was... Uh, I'm, I'm from Colorado. I was raised on Mexican and Tex-Mex food. It's always my favorite uh. and, uh I am just kind of always keeping journals and like writing 
writing stuff and my experiences while I'm eating Tex-Mex and uh I like worked at a Tex-Mex restaurant and like was going through a really hard time and then it, it just kind of came to me of like oh I'm a Tex-Mex mess and it was like oh there is a way to make light of what you're going through and kind of have fun with it to to kind of reframe everything. So then you also used comedy as a way of dealing with your situation? Absolutely. Yeah, if you get to use comedy as kind of as a diary that you're performing to people, you have freedom to talk about whatever you want to talk about. And as someone who struggled with this really hard stuff and PTSD where I felt very alone and isolated, like I was saying, it just was extremely empowering to to just get on a stage and process whatever I wanted to like process or talk about and almost manipulate it manipulate my story and situation because you can say, oh, this thing happened to me. And when I think about it, it's like still really hurts. But on a stage, I can like find a joke in it. And then I have the power in turning that around while also kind of sharing a message with people or helping them not feel alone. Or the greatest thing about comedy, in my opinion, is when um, people are talking about very real things that people relate to. And when you see that on a stage and then that person made you laugh about it, especially if it's something you thought maybe you couldn't, it's just kind of such a huge relief that surprises you. And that's like one of my favorite things about it. So you actually got up on a stage and do comedy? Yes. Um, I will say that EMBR actually helped me do that. I never thought I could be a comedian. I never thought that was possible for me. And I did EMDR and it just brought down my anxiety and self-consciousness so much that I felt able to do that. And um, yep, it's something, it's something that I still do. It is something that can cause anxiety a lot, not just because it's hard to get on a stage, but it's a, it's a job that requires a lot of, you know, <laughs> adrenals and getting on a stage and it just, it, it can mess with your, your adrenal system a lot. So I have to do a lot of self-care while I'm doing it, but it is definitely my passion. So do you have a uh, steady routine that you do? Do I have a certain routine that I do? A steady routine. Do you have a routine that you you do or does your routine, your comedy routine change from stage to stage? It, it changes. Basically, like I'll have to keep working with something if it's working to kind of keep honing, honing it in. But over time, it's just changed as I've changed and what's happening in my life is changing. But I'm working very hard to to talk about trauma and traumatic things on the stage and making them funny specifically. And that's been very difficult. So I think beforehand, I couldn't quite master that. And now I'm like trying to do that. So I know we didn't talk about this in our, our previous conversation. But is there any chance we can get a little taste of part of your routine? Um. I'm not sure. I don't I don't have any videos up right now. And it's a little hard to, to convey over the phone. I'm trying to think of if there is a joke that would that would give a taste. But uh Well we'll give you some time to think about it. Meanwhile, for your podcast, if people want to listen to it, where do where should they go? It's up everywhere that you listen to podcasts. So iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher. And then it's also on my website, MalloryDenae.com. Could you spell that for the audience, please? Mm -hmm. M-A-L-L-O-R-Y-D-E-N-E. 
com. Excellent. And can they also find your blog posts there too? Yes. The blog blog and the podcast can be found there. Is there anything that you want to leave our audience with? Oh, uh, I guess to find a way to, to share your story, whatever it is. There's somebody who wants to hear it. There's There's somebody who needs to hear it. I just promise that no matter what you're going through, as isolating as it feels, like you will always find somebody who who understands it. And there's just no need to to struggle silently, as hard as it feels. So find people to who will listen and celebrate your story. And I just I just hope that everybody finds that freedom in their life to to keep sharing their story and finding relief in that. If somebody is inspired by this podcast and they, they're like, oh my gosh, I want to reach out to her, how could they do that? If they do go to my website, there's a way to email me through there. I'm also very active on Instagram. You could message me there. And that's uh, at TexMexMess on Instagram. All right, Mallory, thank you so much for being with me today. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. I had such a good time. It was uh, it was so great to talk about all of these things. I enjoyed it. It is because, you know, that's one of the focus of this podcast is to get stories out, like you were saying, to other people so that people know that they're not alone, but they also know that there's natural ways of dealing with whatever they're going through. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And then to, to give them hope. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So I really appreciate you being on the show today, Mallory, and sharing your story. Yes, thank you so much. I had such a good time. Thanks for having me on. You've been listening to It's Your Life. I'm your host, Joyce Wheeler. Enjoy the rest of your day. This has been a production of Natural Bliss Podcast for a better quality of life.